Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 3, episode 18 of this daily study podcast. Thank you very much for joining us as we continue with our study of the week of this Come Follow Me materials in January the 11th to January the 17th, covering Doctrine and Covenants 2, Joseph Smith History uh, 1, 27 to 65. And today... Uh, we're going to focus on the section which covers Joseph Smith History uh, 1, verses 36 to 41, the restoration of the gospel fulfilled ancient prophecies. So, as we've said, we're going to jump back now uh, to th- through this experience. We've kind of done an overview and talked th- through the general points and elements of um, this experience with uh, the angel Moroni, with Joseph Smith. Uh, and we're going to go back now to a few th- of the things that the angel said. Specifically today, uh, we're going to look at some of the ancient prophecies uh, which Moroni referred to when visiting the boy Joseph. In this time, uh, he refers to a few scriptures from the Old and New Testaments. Uh, And we're going to look at the ones particularly in Isaiah, Acts and Joel today uh, and see how the things that Moroni taught Joseph were being or about to be fulfilled. So in Isaiah chapter 11, we'll go straight there. Uh, this is obviously the, the more trickier one to understand. But what it seems to be talking about to begin with um, is the coming of Christ in, this, in the second coming, in the millennium. In verse 1 of chapter 11 of Isaiah, it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of its roots. Now we know that this is referring to the Saviour, uh, and that he will judge in righteousness. In verse 4, it talks about how he will judge in righteousness, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove the equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Now obviously it's very, uh, you know, uh, temporal imagery that we're receiving here, but we know that this is referring to him coming to the earth, um, and the righteous being blessed uh, through the millennium. We know it's referring to the millennium because there is also reference to the wolf dwelling with the lamb, the leopard lying down with the kid. Um, and this is very much the imagery we, we get when Christ comes again in the millennium. There shall be peace um, and no more suffering for that time. And um, I think that, you know, that, that that is quite clear. So Moroni is clearly teaching Joseph that you know, the, the the time of the millennium is now approaching, you know, and if this is the time for the last days. Um, and I suppose that's the purpose of him sharing this, is that there needs to be a restoration, that there needs to be a, a recovering of his people. And we'll get to that in verse 11. But in verse 9, it says, They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Um I think what that, that was whilst I was studying this, there was a thought that came to me, uh, and it was about this idyllic, um, you know, uh, setting in the, in the millennium, that you know there shall be peace, that none shall hurt or destroy in the holy mountain. And obviously, when we talk about the holy mount, holy mountain, we think about the temple very often. Um, and it was I was thinking about you know what we as Latter Day Saints, our responsibility in terms of preparing the earth for the second coming is yes we talk about the gathering of israel on both sides of the veil and that is a very important part of this work uh, but there was a talk given by um well a talk in october 1999 called peace hope and direction and it was given by sister patricia d pinger um of the primary presidency and 
um, it made me think about just how we play a role in preparing for this piece as well. Uh, she said, quote, as a new and very concerned primary presidency, we prayed and searched the scriptures and were led to a verse in Isaiah that describes conditions during the millennium. That is, was exactly what we wanted to have happen. We didn't want any child to be hurt or destroyed, but we didn't want to wait for the millennium. We wanted that to happen right now. If our primaries were full of the knowledge of the Lord, if our homes were full of the knowledge of the Lord, there would be peace and righteousness and, ch and the children would not be hurt in any way. We prayed to know how we could help that happen and were led to 2 Nephi 25:26. Our homes and our primaries will be full of the knowledge of the Lord when we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ. Close quote. I loved this comment uh, from, from this sister. And actually, it made me realise that we often talk about how the, the lamb shall lie down with the lion and there shall be peace and there shall none shall be hurt or destroyed. And yes, that will happen when the Saviour comes. But I think part of our role as Latter-day Saints in, in preparing for the second coming or preparing the earth for the second coming is not only just to gather Israel, which we'll talk about in a second, but also to prepare peace, to teach of peace, to, to proclaim peace and, um, you know, set that example. And so we need to be doing that now if we're going to prepare the world for the second coming. Because uh, I think that when that time comes, it will be peace because we will have had a role in preparing the earth for that. Um, and then uh, in verse 10, it talks about a root of Jesse and then an enzyme for the people. And this is often referred to as, as Joseph Smith. In verse 12, it says, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So this is obviously now Moroni teaching Joseph that before that second coming, there will be a gathering. There will be an ensign set to the nations. Um, this has happened uh, very spiritually, uh, you know, the church gathering Israel like an ensign to the nations, but also uh, Elder Jeffrey R. Holland referred to a time when this was done um, very physically as well, when the, when the saints um, gathered in the Salt Lake Valley. He said, quote, Seeing their moment in history as a partial fulfillment of that prophecy, the brethren wished to fly a banner of some kind to make it the idea of an ensign to the nations literal. Elder Heber C. Kimball produced a yellow bandana. Brother Brigham tied it to a walking stick ca carried by Elder Willard Richards, and then planted the makeshift flag, declaring the valley of the Great Salt Lake and the mountains surrounding it as that prophesied place from which the word of the Lord would go forth in the latter days. Close quote. So, yeah, I think that, you know, is a really important point um, that we see this as a fulfillment uh, of the latter, in, in the latter days from the Salt Lake Valley as a result from what Joseph was taught by the angel Moroni. We'll now go to the next section which Moroni spoke about, uh, which was Acts chapter 3, verse 22 to 23, which of course is a lot shorter than Isaiah chapter 2, just two verses. And it says, For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto what you want of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among, among the people. Now when you read that those two verses... It could be referring to Christ. It could be referring to a, another prophet. But when you read the verses around it, it's clear that this is talking about the the, the, rest of, the times of restitution of all things. Um, and so therefore, and also it speaks of Christ before that as well. So it's almost speaking as if Christ has done the things he's done. 
and then there'll be a profit that the Lord will raise up, indicating that, um, indicating that this is another individual. And we know this to be, of course, uh, the prophet Joseph Smith. And I don't know if Joseph at that time knew it was him, but perhaps this is the time now he was going, he was being taught. He did have a place in this great work and this was his place. In April 1991, in a talk called Listen to Learn, um, Elder Russell M. Nelson at the time uh, said this, quote, Gratefully, we thank God for a prophet to guide us in these latter days. But many turn a deaf ear to his teachings, oblivious to his prophetic position. They do so at great risk. President J. Reuben Clark Jr. said, We do not lack a prophet. What we lack is a listening ear. Words of the Lord are taught by his disciples. Wise members listen to learn from church leaders. Close quote. Finally, uh, I want to just quickly talk about uh, the final section that was referred to by Moroni. We are near the end of our time. Uh, but in Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32, it speaks about some of the signs of the second coming, um, including the wonders in the heavens, the earth, the blood, the fire, the pillars of smoke, the sun being turned to darkness, the moon to blood, and so on. So again, Moroni teaching Joseph that the second coming is, is drawing close, and now is the time to begin the last great work. But I love verse 29. It says, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. I loved this because uh, it referred me to a talk in 2008 in October called Fulfilling the Purpose of Release Society. Now, um, Julie B. Beck, Sister Julie B. Beck, referred to the handmaid part as obviously the sisters in Zion, uh, the sisters of the Release Society. That's a wonderful link. And I think the servants could refer to all of us. So what I share here can relate to all of us, not just the sisters. But she said, quote, we can do the work of the Lord in his way when we seek, receive and act on personal revelation. Without personal revelation, we cannot succeed. If we heed personal revelation, we cannot fail. The prophet Nephi instructs us that the Holy Ghost will show us all things what we should do. It was prophesied that in the latter days, the Lord would pour out his spirit upon his handmaids. This will happen as we allow ourselves to be still enough and quiet enough to listen to the voice of the spirit. Elder Neil A. Maxwell taught us that receiving revelation for our calling and in our personal lives requires serious mental effort on our part. Revelation is not a matter of pushing buttons, but of pushing ourselves, often aided by fasting, scripture study and personal pondering. Close quote. I liked this because this indicates that in the latter days, the spirit will be poured out in great abundance on the servants of the Lord, the people who serve him. And I mean, in 2008, Sister Beck was talking about how without personal revelation, we can't succeed. President um, Nelson, in the past few years, has repeatedly taught and pushed the idea of personal revelation, that we all need to seek it for it to bless our lives and for us to be able to do what the Lord requires of us. And here we see in this verse that Moroni is prophesying from, um, from the scriptures from Joel, that it was said that the Spirit would be poured out in great abundance in the last days as it is being now. The question is, is it being poured out in abundance in your personal lives? That is for you, for us to, uh, to work on and to develop. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you uh, for joining us uh, on this study. Please do join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. You can also email ldsstudysession at gmail.com to give your feedback and to let, us know, let me know if you're interested in joining in a future podcast episode yourselves. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.